welcome to this Teen Tips podcast. Today, I'm really excited. I'm going to be talking to Florence Midwood, who is a gap year expert. She visits schools up and down the UK, talking to parents and pupils about gap year travel. And she's got her own company, Coulson's, which runs a gap year program in Kenya. So I'm sure we'll hear a bit more about that later. But first, welcome, Florence. Thank you so much for agreeing to join me today. And I guess the first decision when we're thinking about gap years is really whether you're going to have one or not. So I don't know, what's your advice? Yeah, well, um, a, a, quite a big decision, but also a really exciting one. Um, for, for me, I would generally say you, you learn so many skills from a gap year, it's unbelievably beneficial. Um, but everybody is different. Um, I think considering whether or not you want to take one, you need to think of your own personal journey, where it is you want to be in life and what you want to be doing. Um, Lots of people obviously take a gap year after school, which might be great for them. But if you're feeling actually, no, I don't think I'm ready for this, then it's perfectly fine to take one after university. Um, Everyone is different. I always say, please don't feel pressured into going one way or the other. One thing to really consider, though, is probably your timings. Uh, If you are going on to university, you know, maybe you need to consider whether you want to defer a year or not, how that fits in with your UCAS applications, um, your A-level results, all of that stuff. There sort of seem to be two main opportunities in the year cycle for you to confirm whether you want to do a gap year or not that tends so you don't have to put it in when you're doing your original UCAS and you get sent your offers is that the point that you have to tell them um, I want to defer or what point do you do you ask for if it's going to be okay yes I think you when you're putting in your offers and you are given you know the option to defer or, or not um, that's when you can say yes I do want to defer I'm going to take a gap year I'm going to make the most of this opportunity um or it's generally after your A-level results have come back and you think actually maybe I'm going to try and defer my year now do a bit of traveling um gain some extra skills go and do some more work experience earn a bit of money set up a little enterprise get my CV going a bit um and then go on to university which it sort of happens obviously later on in the year. So those seem to be the two two big spots to consider. Because <laughs> uh, I think the post-uni, you know, my kids are kind of in uni at the moment and they both yeah. said, yeah, we think we like to travel after, you know. I was like, God, at what point are you <laughs> going to get out and get a job? Because um, they've both done a fair bit before. But actually yeah. in lots of ways, we're having much longer careers now, aren't we? I mean, mm. when you're going to retire, it gets further and further away. So the more you can use these opportunities for personal growth I think probably the better yeah I mean it's really interesting I was at a school up in Yorkshire uh, last week chatting I was having lunch with the boys which was really good fun um, and chatting to them and saying you know would you like to do a gap year and one of them said well no I want to make I want to make my millions first and then do and then go off traveling and I was like, well, that's great, but have you considered that maybe by the time you've made your millions, you might have a wife, you might have a family and children by then, and the opportunity is going to be slightly different to what it is right now when you're 18, when 
you know, yes, you you might have been on amazing holidays and travelled a little bit, but actually to be fully immersed in a in a culture for prolonged periods of time at that age, you, you are just going to learn so much more um, that, you know, that that's really what I try and suggest more. I think it's a far more beneficial thing to do when you are younger, actually, um, than when you are older. You can always go and do it, but it is much harder to get back into a career. Yeah. Um, and some, I guess some people will be saying, oh, and I would be worried about taking a gap year because then maybe I won't want to go to university. Yes, that, that seems to be the main concern that people come to me with. And actually, there is a lot of evidence out there that completely disproves that point. Um, most students that do take a gap year, um, when they come back to university, have far more confidence. Um, they are far more willing to engage in debate. And they are far more likely to stick at their chosen course. So they're less likely to drop out of university they're more focused and they're more ready to make a real go at it um and then the the there's other point about it being oh yeah lots of people saying you know they're not sure if they take a gap year out it's going to sidetrack them completely and they're never going to want to go back to university actually 90 percent of students who take a gap year still come back to university so I mean it really is by far the vast vast majority um, yeah and actually I don't think there's anything wrong with making with having those questions either because Mm. university education now is really expensive yeah it's a big commitment and frankly you need to be pretty sure that that's right so if having a bit of space because I um I mean I think by the time they've been through GCSEs and A levels a lot of them are, are are pretty work weary and yeah. and and I think a bit of a break and actually a reassessment and time out can be a really good thing definitely I mean something I always say is the difference between um hard skills and soft skills really and for me that is what really encompasses a gap year you spend all of these years at school really honing in on your hard skills, working really, really hard, sitting down, doing exam after exam, getting your GCSEs, your A-levels, all of these qualifications, um, and then on to university doing the same thing. And it's brilliant. You know, hard skills are very important, but actually to be, to stand out from the crowd, to be that exceptional person, to have that persona that twinkle in your eye that is really going to put you to the forefront of a potential employee's mind and vision is the colorful parts to your character not just the hard skills you need those soft skills to differentiate yourself and for me that is just so vital in this ever competitive world of you know hundreds of cvs stacked on one desk how on earth are you going to stand out? You need to be more 3D. Mm. And I think also if you look at if you look at the predictions for the job markets of the future, I think creativity, social skills, absolutely, yeah, uh, the willingness to have a go, initiative, and those critical thinking skills are mm. are re- are what we all now know. The futurists, I love that title. <laughs> That's what they but predict. It's so true. Yeah. It's so true that we 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 are a more. Um, 
we're a more interesting um you know type of person now um technology is changing everything that we do and we need to make ourselves more unique and individual in order to stand out more so i think that's really where agapio comes massively um proves its benefits a million times over and how do you think the gap years on the whole are currently viewed by sort of schools, universities, employers? It's interesting. I think schools, I've visited a lot of schools over the past sort of year and a half in particular. And there are, there are schools that are incredibly pro-gap years, which is really, really encouraging to see. Um, and I arrive and you can sort of tell from the students, you know, they're just really confident um happy outgoing types um and these schools seem to really be pushing more of a individuality sort of full person type of vibe which is great um i do also visit schools that are very much um exam driven um uh, which is great for me to go in because I think actually these schools really need to hear about the opportunity of gap years and and be more open to this opportunity. But a lot of the time, those students seem far more hesitant because they know far less about it, um, which is which is frustrating. But we're getting there slowly, you know, spreading the word more and more and busting several of the myths, you know, just like the you know, will I not go to university if I do a gap year type of thing? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important. So there are schools out there that aren't as proactive, mm-hmm. but it seems to be developing a bit more. Universities, I know there's many that do allow full years out, which is great. Um, I was talking to a university last week who was saying how vital it was and actually how much it is changing and more and more people are taking on a course that enables a year abroad purely because of those soft skills that it um, encourages. It's a no-brainer for me from an employer's point of view. Um, You know, you can have all the skills in the world, you can be the most intelligent person and and that's brilliant, but actually, um, how are you going to communicate any of that information across? And it comes You've got to be down. able to work in a team. Yeah, you? absolutely. You've got to be able to work in a team. You have to be able to problem solve, decision making, crisis management, all of that stuff. Um, and a gap year is a perfect opportunity to develop all of that. Yeah, we kind of hope they don't have to do too much crisis management. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. No, very true. But, but equally, it's part of it. You know, and it a, it's is the real. first time, isn't it? Really, that you're fully accountable for your own actions. You know, what, yes. what you yeah. You, you make the decisions and then you have to pick up the pieces when they don't always quite go according to plan. But I think that's a good thing for them. So what do you think makes for a good gap year? A good gap because year? Because I think there are good gap yeah. years and bad gap years. If you're going to sit on your ass and just be gaming for a year, then that's not an okay gap year. But what makes for a good gap year? Totally. Um, for me, the, there is one key word for this and it's variety. Um hundred percent i i think it is really important um for teenagers to go out and let their hair down and have a bit of a party and do a bit of gaming if if you know they want to yeah don't have a but yeah but absolutely not 24 7 um i i always encourage 
students that come and talk to me to do as much as possible. So for me, that involves a bit of partying. Um, it involves work experience, not just in one place, but in four or five different things, stuff they hadn't even considered before. So a, a variety of work experience is great. I then really encourage some sort of um, paid job, um, be it paper rounds, um, babysitting, working in a pub, you know, just get going yeah, and get that... some money coming in from somewhere. Quite interesting, actually, talking to a few of the employers, because obviously I meet lots on the courses um, yeah. with parents and and the number that have said, actually, one of the things that we look for if people have taken a gap year is that they've done something where they have to interact with people. So yeah. working in a pub, working in a shop, um, you know, he said, we're just really, well, several of them said, we're just not mm. really that impressed if you've done two weeks work experience at dad's company. because Exactly. Which is why you have to incorporate variety. If you, you know, it's great to go and do two weeks at dad's company if you're doing a lot of other things as well. Um, And I know a sort of pub job might sound fairly basic, but actually it's really, really beneficial if you've never been in that environment before. There's so much to learn from it. Um, But alongside that, another thing I really actively encourage is setting up an enterprise. Um... When I was trying to raise money for my own gap year, I was really into photography and set, um, took a whole bunch of photos, turned them into postcards and sent them off to all of my friends and family friends, local post office shops and all the rest of it. And I raised a huge amount of money through doing that. And sort of subconsciously, I'd set up this little personal enterprise Mm. that was brilliant and it gave me so many great new skills and employers when I first moved to London and was being interviewed um they really picked up on that they were really impressed with what I'd done alongside working in a pub um so I raised a lot of money and it was great obviously traveling to me is something else that I really recommend on a gap year um, you just learn so much through seeing different cultures. Um, you can do traveling in so many different ways. Um, I think to go backpackering, you know, go solo travel backpackering around is a brilliant thing to go and do. But also it's a perfect opportunity to go and do some volunteering work, to go and learn about something, to go and see, um, you know, a new world, how other people live. That all comes in the same variety bracket. You know, a gap year, it's, it, it doesn't have to be a whole year out. It can be a few months, but just fill it full of different stuff um, in different places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that idea of immersing yourself in a culture. Because yeah. I know there's quite a trend for the uh, sort of Asian tour, which seems to me that if you're not careful, could be kind of one uh what's, what do they call it full moon party to yes. the next <clears throat> no exactly where you're bumping into a whole load of people that you probably could have met uh, you know in london it's just like a big school reunion yeah. on um kopipi beach or yeah. wherever it is kosamui yeah I think. <laughs> yeah exactly and i think um, there's you know okay yeah there's a there's a moment for that as well but yeah encouraging the more immersive experience 
Well, I mean, uh, so the company that I've set up, we really, really encourage solo travel, but we encourage it after the Carlson's course. So you come out for two months, you gain a new insight into an entirely different world. Um, you're gaining certificates, you're developing your skills, you're in an entirely new environment, you're really pushing your own boundaries. You're learning a bit of the local language, um, a bit of the basic culture, the cultural differences and manners out there, which then sets you on a really good, safe platform to go off and do some solo travel. Um, and that to me is a time where you go off on the beach and you go and have a bit of a school reunion and see some friends for a few days, but you can very quickly become very bored with that actually. Um, so I do think it's important to encourage it, to incorporate it, um, as part of the wider gap year, but to make sure that that really isn't just what you're going out mm. abroad to, to do, you know, start off doing something meaningful that that is beneficial to you long term and then go and let your hair down a bit and I think there's something about that beneficial because uh, there's been a lot in the papers recently hasn't there about people going to work in orphanages and actually yeah this isn't and really an acceptable thing to do because you're perpetuating the idea of people putting their kids into an orphanage because they know that then yeah, it's very difficult. This is all sort of responsible travel and responsible tourism. Yes. Um, and it's it's crucial in the way in which we travel today. One thing that I really advise is looking through companies that um, have good affiliations. Um, you know, responsible travel, for example, is a brilliant platform where all the companies that are, all the travel companies, tour operators, agents that are with them have been through a seriously vigorous uh, vetting process okay. to say, you know, is your volunteering legitimate? Are you actually helping people? Uh, you're not taking away from local jobs. You really are supporting communities. It's not leaving children with, you know, more stress than before you arrived. So anything with these sort of affiliated stamps can really put you on the right path, so to say. So it might be useful at the end of this if I put up something on the website where we can actually show, you know, if, if this has got this trademark, then you know perfectly yeah, well that definitely. actually they're a, they're a good company to be travelling with. Yeah, and I think it ha it doesn't, you know, you don't have to go and book with those companies, but for initial research, I always say that's a really good place to start just mm -hmm. to get you know the vibes going of what you should and shouldn't be looking for mm -hmm. um orphanages are really really tricky now um and strongly advise that if you want to go and work in an orphanage you really have to vet it very very carefully um and the only way I would ever go into an orphanage now would be through an affiliated company. Mm. Um, but it comes, you know, working with wildlife, that's really, really well, that's really in what you're, you're passionate about, isn't it? Yes. isn't it? Yeah. But I mean, when, when I was in um, Thailand, you know, they have all the tigers. And in this day and age of Instagram and social media, you know, people traveling around just to get that cool photo. 
well great for you um but actually what is really going on behind that do you really want to be funneling in more money into people that are sort of actually just doping these tigers so you can go and sit with them it's Mm -hmm not really how I think we should be doing things. I think there no, are better ways. No, and I think, <laughs> I think uh, you know, the great thing about teenagers now is that actually they are on the whole pretty ethically, morally motivated. Yeah, much and so. And so getting them so. thinking that actually going, you're doing exactly that, mm. what are you contributing or what are you taking away from the communities that you're in is a really important. Definitely. And, and I think, more to the point, it gives the traveller a much better all-rounded experience. I mean, you come away with a real authentic, honest knowledge. Um, And that, to me, is so much more interesting and exciting when you're traveling out and about. You know, you want to get right to the roots of it. And that way, I think you learn so much more. Because they have things like the homestay, isn't it, where you actually go and stay with people, local people in their houses and... Yeah, I mean, so solo traveling again is something I I love going traveling on my own. It's pretty much the only way I really do it. But I, coming back to the whole gap year age of things, it it can be very dangerous, um, especially if you haven't properly traveled before. And I don't just mean three week family holidays to somewhere. Um, you know, solo travel, there's a lot of things to consider. You need to make sure that you're safe, for sure. Um, and you need to really have your wits about you. Know know the culture that you're in and where the local embassies are and, you know, be able to get out of very sticky situations very quickly. And that, again, is where I think affiliated companies come into play mm. a lot even if it's just a two-week course to start you off, it mm-hmm. just gets you going on the right path, going with somebody that is established, that can give you an introduction to the place that you're in, um, can teach you how to say hello and stop and no thank you, please leave me alone, or you know, I love mm-hmm. talking to you, thank you very much. Um, in the local language, all of those things really help. And then you can go off and do your solo bit, but... I am always a bit nervous when I have students saying, yes, I definitely want to go and do a gap year, but I want to do it totally on my own. Mm-hmm. You know, can you really plan the whole thing? Because there's a lot to go into it. Um, and actually, have you had any experience in it before? Mm. Um, and even if it is just for a very short number of weeks, I really think a starting point with a legitimate company is... is a good way of doing it you can still go off and go you know and do your big solo thing afterwards so please don't feel that you would ever be losing anything through doing that you're only gaining more by um being with professionals yeah because i think that is something that lots of parents worry about is the safety aspect is it isn't it and you know and and it does sometimes go wrong you know let's face it no yeah very much you can't certainly can't pretend that it's always going to Having said right. that, it can go wrong here, can't it? Just it, just in slightly different ways, probably. Mm. But so, from a safety perspective, your advice would be start off with somebody who knows where you are and what how it works. Yeah, I mean, there's a few key things for me with safety. One is 
I suppose, your in-country support. Who is your crisis management go-to? If something goes really wrong, um, how on earth are you going to get out of a really bad situation? So whenever I'm traveling, whichever country it is, um, I will always make sure that I have either a local person that I've met and I trust their number in my phone or a family friend who they might be in a different city, but they know that I'm there Mm -hmm. and they're sort of not on standby, but they're aware that if they get a call from me, it will probably be because I need a bit of help or support somewhere. Um, That to me is really important and I would never, ever travel without that. But the main thing, especially being a a woman traveling on, on my own is blending in with the locals. If you want to be safe when you're traveling, don't don't walk around looking like a complete tourist. I mean, it is the number one way of attracting the most attention. And if you want to be safe, you just want to blend in. Mm-hmm. Just want to merge into everything, absorb into that culture and be part of the scenery and let everything go on around you in a lovely, safe capacity. Mm-hmm. So watch what the locals are doing, watch what they're wearing, um, their mannerisms, you know, if they're not sort of walking around on their phone, don't walk around on your phone. Um, never get a map out in the middle of the road, you know, um, all of those things. That generally has kept me very safe. I, I have never run into any any problems. Um, but you're unlikely to know that at 18 before you go, aren't Very they? true. <laughs> and this, exactly, this has come really through all my experiences over the years. Um but yeah, the two the two real main ones for safety really are making sure that you blend in and making sure you have a crisis management point on the ground somewhere. Uh, there are lots of other ones such as, um, you know, making sure you've always got a backup plan under your sleeve. If you run out of money, have you got a spare credit card? Um, do you have somewhere else to go to? Are your flights flexible in case you need to get out quickly? Your insurance is obviously vital um if you have any medical problems you really need to make sure that everything is okay and Mm -hmm. insurance is something to really be taken seriously Mm -hmm. vaccinations i have seen a lot of friends um catch malaria in particular and it's miserable it's really really awful Mm -hmm. it's not worth it just go and get all the vaccinations Make sure that you're all covered and ready to go and then you can go and enjoy and immerse and experience mm. until, you know, to your heart's content. But take it seriously to begin with, for sure. And I think on that medical thing, actually recognising that, I mean, my sister lives in, in Africa and there are certain things that you can buy over the counter that you would never be able to buy over the counter in the UK in terms of medicines. Yeah. And that you need to be careful that that doesn't necessarily mean that they're okay and what else are you taking because you've got to be really, really careful what you're mixing. You know, your trip is amazing and you're taking kids out camping in the bush Yes. <laughs> and it's a proper raw African safari experience. Yeah, very much so. I I um I don't want to take people out and just let them um sort of have a quite a chilled, relaxed time. I want to really push push boundaries. Um I want to get people really excited. 
I want to get them a little bit nervous at times um, because otherwise I don't feel I'm really developing their skills and personality enough. Um, so yeah, where I take these students, we go right out into the middle of Kenya, um, living with the Maasai uh, for one entire week of the eight week itinerary. A lot of camping is involved in different locations. Um, camping always in fenced fenced areas um, when on the conservancies. Um, but also to then go and stay in a Maasai-run safari eco-lodge, which is sort of a week of pure luxury. But I actually think it's very important to see the different angles and aspects of this. You know, mm. if you go and have a night with in a mud hut with a Maasai, brilliant go and camp with the you know on the school campus while you're volunteering go and camp by the river on the local farms um but also to stay in an eco lodge built for tourism just gives you far more of a 360 degree viewpoint on conservation i suppose how everything all ties into each other and works and hinges on each other um so i try and incorporate as much variety as possible on these courses um, while pushing the bar barriers a little bit. Um, well, you might end up introducing them to something that's going to become their passion and their future career, mightn't you? That well, definitely. I mean, that, that for me would be the dream aim. Um, there's so much that we do, you know, working with wildlife, you're properly on foot in the bush every day. Um, you're working with local children, you're working on farms, you're working behind the scenes on some of the most pioneering conservancies in the country. Mm -hmm. um, you're hanging out with the anti-poaching sniffer dogs and the rangers. Um, you will see elephants all the time and giraffe and all this amazing wildlife. Mm -hmm. You'll hear lions, you know, it's just all part of of fully, fully immersing into a new environment um, and opening yourself up to an entirely new education and way of life, mm. really. So presumably, if you're going to be taking kids out, as you know, well, I say kids, that's awful because they're not, they're grown-ups. <laughs> but if you're going yeah. to be taking them out and doing that kind of thing, do you have some sort of an assessment that actually they are, you know, emotionally and physically going to be capable of coping with with the experience yes i mean what we're doing is you know it this is this is a serious um experience it's not working in a school for two months in india this is this is really really frontline conservation stuff um there will be moments with wildlife that i you know that we cannot um well, they're unpredictable. train for yeah wild wildlife is wild um we work with the very best people. I know all of them personally, um, having worked out on these conservancies myself, um, they really are the very best of the best. You know, Julian, who hosts our Mount Kenya expedition at the end on sort of week eight, this is, he has climbed that mountain so many times you couldn't believe it. And also Kilimanjaro, um, he's unbelievably well known within the community, as is every other expert. expert that we have throughout the course. 
So the final thing really is the cost because gap year travel can be pretty expensive, can't it? Yes, I mean, it It depends on what you want to do. It's one of the big myths that people come and talk to me about and I'm sort of saying, you know, they're saying, I don't think I can afford to do a gap year. You don't have to go and travel the world at great expense. Um, it completely depends what you want to do. You can travel around the UK and have an amazing opportunity right here. Um, it all depends, as we were saying earlier on about variety, making sure that you've got work experience, a bit of job stuff in there, earning some money, a bit of your own enterprise. All of this stuff will hopefully bring in something. Um, you know, even if it's £500, that will still enable you to go and do something. Voluntary work in the UK, um, you know, doesn't cost very much at all. It's only if you do want to go out and do things abroad where you are working with professionals gaining proper skills and qualifications that's when things are naturally going to start costing more if you are going to pay for other courses though i do think two two things to really be aware of one is that more often than not i do generally think you get pretty much what you're paying for if you are going on something very budget then great it might be the perfect thing for you but really really make sure that you know what is and isn't involved more often than not on the very you know budget end of things a bunch of stuff is not included you don't want to end up in the middle of a country and actually realizing that you need the same amount of money again for your own spending to be able to buy breakfast lunch and dinner uh, to be able to get your bottled water, to get your internal transfers and and extra bits and pieces here and there. All of that really adds up. Yeah. So that just really is something to be aware of and Check making sure, yeah, how, how all-inclusive is it and what does that actually really mean? Florence, thank you so much. I think you've given us a huge amount of information on how to have a successful gap year. Thank you. Thank you to all of you for listening to this, the latest Teen Tips podcast. And I look forward to being back with you again in the next one. Bye.